right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up about my man, Chris Holbrook, who's coming on today during the podcast. Kevin, I can't believe you got Chris to join us. You know why? Why? Because I'm I'm so mad at him, man. He's not getting a Christmas card from me this year. Yeah, why not? He's got to stop building them Ford engines so strong, nah, man. Ha. Like, this That's guy right. is breaking the barrier. I'm giving him two Christmas cards to make up for your lack of Christmas <laughs> cards. So he's going to be doing just fine this year. <laughs> yeah, but my Christmas card is tastefully done. Yours is just dirty. Um, <laughs> so... You know, how did you find these guys? I mean, a lot of people in the racing world know about them, uh, but these guys have really, God, man, these guys set themselves apart with the quality work, uh, just every aspect. They, they're, they're one of those companies, as soon as you walk into that facility, you're, you're not only are you impressed, but you're blown away at the awards, the, the, just the pedigree of racing that comes out of, out of that facility is just it's amazing. It really is amazing. And it pains me to say because he's so Fordish. He's so Fordish. <laughs> he's Fordish. It, it, just, it hurts. <laughs> oh, well, he's not hard to find because he's legendary. And I mean, it's two generations worth. I mean, Holbrook Racing, everybody kind of knows that name. And we're in Motor City where, you know, cars are the top. And uh, this guy stands right at the you know, the peak of the mountain there, right? Everybody knows Chris, what he does, what he races, what he builds, the power that he makes. Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, you can go back, you know, years and years and years ago when he was a kid, his dad, Carl, was a huge racer. I mean, he was, uh, what was it, Captain Cobra Jet? What? I mean, dude, how do you get that name, Captain Cobra Jet? This is how he grew up as a kid with, with a dad, Captain Cobra Jet. You know, like how do you how do you not turn out to be the most righteously badass fast guy engine builder on the planet? You know, I'm going on record right now. If he ain't got a cape, then he ain't Captain Cobra at all. You got to have a cape with a name like that. <laughs> I bet she probably does. You know, he might be one of those superheroes that doesn't even need a cape. You know. <laughs> Every superhero needs a cape, bro. <laughs> oh man, uh, except for the Incredibles, they. Uh, I don't know if you remember the scene in there. You'll 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 get there when your kid gets a little bit older. But uh, you know they they talk about wanting a cape, and the lady who makes their suits goes through all these superheroes that had a cape, and they got sucked into the engine on the airplane. Right, they got right. sucked into this grinder. <laughs> so it's like no capes, no capes. <laughs> oh, I love him, man. I bet he's got one because you know it's something to see as this car goes by you. 
Uh, you know, I'm like when you see just every uh, these guys go so far above and beyond to get every ounce of power out of these engines, and it really is amazing to watch the entire team up there uh, do work. And by doing work, man, uh, it is it is such a fine line between you know the guys that are building it, the guys that are machining it, the guys that put it together, tune it, run it on the dyno. Like it is a whole group of guys that are top notch, top tier, and all they want for you as a customer is the ultimate power. They're like, man, we got we've got to be able to get two more out of that. You know, it's like you're sitting there with twelve hundred. You got you got to be able to get two more. I feel like I can get two point two more out of it. You know, like these guys get every ounce of of sauce out of your engines, man, and they're nasty. Yeah, and it's the kind of place that you're you're looking for, right? When you're thinking of a race shop, an engine builder, right? What are all the things you're thinking? Like, one, it's got the nostalgic feel. You walk in the shop, and it's it's kind of that you know family run, mom and pop. I'm talking to a guy, a dude, a real legit car guy that goes racing every weekend, knows the sauce, has been doing it since he was four years old kind of thing. Uh, but yet, you know, he's got every piece of modern equipment that you need, right, to do all the machine work, porting, you name it. He's got the crew ready to jump on any aspect of the whole thing. Uh, but you can drink a beer with the guy, you know, he's he's funny, he's such easygoing yeah, guy, man. you know. He's a guy you want to hang out with, but also the guy you want building your engine, dyno it, testing it, whatever. But he's not the guy you want to line up next to at the drag strip because he will kick your Hell ass. Hell no. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> this is one well, fast hauling dude, man. Uh, he's got yeah, so man. many trophies. He's just got, like, they're falling off the wall. I don't know. You know, he just got another Wally uh, this year. And I don't even know where he put it because I'm looking up there and I'm thinking, man, I don't. I don't know if I should be standing here because one's going to fall on my head, you know? Like, this guy's <laughs> racked up, like, an unbelievable history of, of wins, uh, and it's all just pure professionalism, you know? Yeah, man. I get mad at him every time I see his cars run, man. They launch so hard you lose a childhood memory every time you take off in it. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Uh, so I'll tell you what. Let's get Chris Holbrook, the man of myth, the legend, uh, the deity of Holbrook Racing Engine, y'all. The baddest. We'll get him on next. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we are fired up. Chris Holbrook joins the show, joins the podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, this guy builds engines so bad. If they were any better, we'd have to smuggle them from Mexico. Like, legit, man. These things put down four numbers, and he doesn't even sneeze on them. You know, I mean, the guy builds crazy big power out of little tiny itty-bitty engines, man. It's enough to piss the Dodge guy off. So welcome to the podcast, Chris. Uh. <laughs> well, thanks for the intro, man. <laughs> you can you can feel the rivalry here, uh, Ford guy, not Ford guy, you know? <laughs> but Chris will put his hands on just about anything. You walk in a shop, I mean, he's got LSs in there, he's got coyotes galore i mean you name it old school new school uh but yeah he he does polish that blue oval and yeah, make man. those go fast <laughs> and put the hurting on all you uh, other guys out there it is true man some of that mopar stuff you know <laughs> that's what i'm talking about it's good to hear man it's good to hear so chris how'd you get into it man because you were just known your name runs synonymous with big power baby so that that in itself says a lot, man. What got you into it? 
Well, like you said, uh, you know, I grew up at the racetrack. My dad, you know, uh, he uh, he worked for National Can Company years ago, and uh, he, he's, he was doing uh, Cobra Jet engines out of his garage, and he was doing so well, he quit his uh, normal job and opened up a business, and, uh, you know, that's where it all started. And, you know, like I said, he was in the 1975 Hot Rod magazine, and uh, they named him Captain Cobra Jet. You know, it was it was really cool. You know, that's cool, man. Captain Cobra Jet. Well, I'm telling you, a name like that has got to mean something, especially in a town like that. Uh, was that something always cool growing up? You know, seeing seeing that, being around that. I mean, at what age did you know you had the bug? You had to be Jones and to drive at like six. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. You know, uh, it was great growing up around that. It was just. I would not want to pass that, uh, you know, childhood up. I mean, everything about it was great. You know, it just, you know, back then, you know, you hopping in your, your Ford dually with your trailer and, uh, you know, with the car loaded and, you know, you didn't have motorhomes much back then and everything. You did all your racing, you know, right out, out of your trailer and your, in your pickup truck, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. it just, uh, it was a lot of fun times. Now your dad started in, uh, dirt modifieds way back when? Yeah, and then uh, kind of shifted over into drag racing. Were you? Uh, did you? You remember those days too? Do you have kind of a? I don't remember the the dirt modified stuff because that was when I was really young. But you know, I remember man, many stories that he told, and you know, and I could tell he was racing on a shoestring budget. He said that he just had like a you know a strap around his uh, lap, and he actually had a board two by you know a plywood board for a floor well going around the corner the board flew out and he went out and the car ran him over no way whoa i did <laughs> did he get a seatbelt after yeah. that because you know. <laughs> well yeah i think he finally made enough money to where he could buy it could afford a seatbelt or, or a rope you know like yeah man rope a dope you know <laughs> <laughs> there was, yeah, man, the cabinet pressurized. He got sucked right out. He was going so fast, man. <laughs> yeah, and think about that for a minute. He had wood in the floor. Like, I don't have any bad habits. I'm good at all of them, man. I'll make a floorboard out of wood. I don't care. Let's go racing. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. Well, you started, you started way back when you had, what, a Galaxy? With a little 428 oh, yeah. FE in there? Yeah, I had a 63 Galaxy with 428 in it. And uh, matter of fact, I... Uh, picked my uh, wife up on our our second date together, you know, and um, we sold the car, you know, so we can buy a house. And man, she cried for a week because uh, that was our baby, you know. Oh man, if she's crying for a week, that's a keeper. Oh, you yeah. know, because I know I'd be crying for at least a week. Yeah. You know, I'm still crying. <laughs> but you stepped up into what uh, pro stock after that? Yeah, um, you know, we, well, we ran top sportsman for a little while, and then. Um, uh, Stu Evans uh, come on board and uh, they wanted to go pro stock racing and uh, you know uh, we won the championship in 1999 and you know we, we held the record you know I mean we set and reset the, the ET and the speed numerous times and it was just it was great times in our lives you know and uh, it was just uh, I was glad that uh, you know we got sponsorship and uh, and Stu Evans stepped up and and you know we got to race that you know so you look back through all the times, man. You've been building power for a long time, my friend. There's been a lot of, you know, four, six mod motors come through your camp. There's been a lot of, you know, just any sort of platform, 0302s, four, six mods. And now, you know, the, the Coyote is, 
I'm telling you, man, it's doing things that are unprecedented. It, it really is amazing to make this much power out of such a small cubic inch package. What would be, in your in your opinion, the greatest era of hot rodding, of, of muscle carring, of, of making real power? Are we in it right now? Oh, definitely. I mean, I tell you what, I, I came, you know, talking about the pro stock, I, they were 826 cubic inch engines. And you're talking about going to a full circle. We're, we're down to, you know, 302s and 327s, you know, <laughs> and we're making about the same horsepower, you know, <laughs> and it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, you can make nuts. out of five liters, like a little 302-ish thing, you know, like unbelievable. Well, we went out to Florida and MCA down in Bradenton beginning of the year before all this uh, crazy stuff hit, you know, and. We uh we set the record uh, speed and ET and uh, we won the event. So we went seven sixty six at one eighty one. But wait wait wait, tell them what you're rolling in, right? Because what's most impressive is how much weight you're carrying. Like this isn't a full race car, right? This is a legit kind of you know OE product rolled off the line that's been you know highly modified. But nah, man, it's a go kart. He's way. He's, I think the car weighs eighty eight pounds. That's it. It's just under thirty six hundred pounds and a, a nine inch tire. Jesus, nine inch tire. A nine inch tire. Shut <laughs> the front door. Oh, you make me mad. All right. So, is it what, what size supercharger? Three O. Yeah. Is that three O Whipple? It's a Whipple. Three O. Yeah. Man. Can you give us a hint? At what kind of power? I, I know these are like secret things, but like above a well, number, maybe I mean, <laughs> below a number. Well, I mean, uh, we're up in, you know, the 1500 area, you know, and, you know, sometimes, you know, it'll maybe a little higher, you know. <laughs> Out of a five liter. <laughs> oh, a five oh, a five oh, making 15. Stop it. Probably Stop. more. Probably more. Stop. We'll, <laughs> we don't need. Yes, we don't we need do. to talk about this. More of this, man. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Give me some scoop. Uh, hey, Chris, what is the recipe? Because for whatever reason, my friend, when people need to build 1,500 horsepower out of a freaking five liter, oh, God, um, you're the name they go to. You're the name everybody knows is making that power and making it where it lasts. Well, that, you know, that kind of power is in kind of, you know, like a stock eliminator, you know, our class rules. So, you know, we've made more power out of engines like this, you know, when we don't have uh, limits on our, our rules, you know. So yeah. there's there's even more power to be had. Stop it, Chris. <laughs> Stop it. He says more power. He means like one, y'all, one. Dude, he's got he his handcuffs. He's got his shackles on. And he's still busting a 15 plus. Damn. Uh, man. Yeah. You ever, see, you ever see a day where – you could, you know, it, I bet 15, 20 years ago, you know, when somebody asked about making real power, that 1500 number or anything above it, people would have to think, you know, it was a recipe with seven, 800 cubic inches with massive, hard, big, you know, uh, big camshafts and lobes and, you know, just, you know, valve train was screaming for mercy, like all this stuff. But nowadays, dude, you can make that out of a really small package that you could put in anything. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. I mean, years ago, you tried so hard and you put so much money and, and time and, you know, into cars and just to get into the nines, you know. And these days, I mean, I'm not, it, it's, you got to, you know, spend some money and it's, it's a lot of technology. But man, it's just, 
there's so many cars running in the sevens and and, in quicker and it's just it's just mind-boggling yeah it's irritating let me tell you very very irritating um all right so what is it about these 302s and these, you know, small packages or the GT500, some of these aftermarket, you know, engines that you're putting together that really surprise you and that really allow you to make this much power? What's the architect behind it? Well, mostly, you know, just the overhead cam deal, you know, 32 valves, you know, and I mean, it's just yep. getting rid of those push rods is a, a you know, a big plus, you know. Well, it's nice when you can, you can put a blower on there and you can push air in and then you can just keep turning up the speed, right? Because if you can make the torque yeah. and then you can keep carrying that RPM, now you're making some serious power. Now, can you yeah. divulge like what kind of RPM range you're getting um, out of some of these motors? Well, we're, we're shifting them about 10,500 10, RPMs. <laughs> wait, wait, you said 10,500? You didn't say 10,500. Yeah. You didn't say, he's making that up. That's not real, y'all. <laughs> 10,500. Oh, my God. All right, so, Chris, tell that's, us. You know what like, that is? It's, hey, Bird, that's more happy and less ending right there. <laughs> so, so, like, you think, okay, well, there's race cars out there making, you know, there's F1 cars doing whatever RPMs. Uh, but this is building off of a factory Mustang engine, right? So how many leaps and hurdles do you have to go through to get to that 10.5? Well, like, are you throwing everything away and starting from scratch and you got bazillion dollars in this thing or, you know, you got one, two, three, four steps and, um, and you're there? No, I mean, you got to spend a lot to go that kind of RPM. You, you know, you got to kind of. You know, we run a you know an aftermarket block. You know, it's factory heads. You know, um, but uh, we do run an aftermarket block. You know, I I'm, I haven't tried it yet, but I think the new uh, Ford uh, Gen Three block I think it handle it. You know, but I haven't uh, tried it yet. And you know, Ford Performance is uh, coming out with a you know a, a cast iron Coyote block, and I think that's mm -hmm. really going to be a game changer there. You know. Uh, you know we can open those bores up even a little bit bigger you know because we don't have to worry about the sleeves and the aluminum block you know right right so right. what what are you what are you forecasting out of that setup <laughs> do you see a, another ceiling well you know <laughs> the block's going to be heavier but you know we can move the weight around in the car you know but i i think it's going to be it's going to help Quite a bit. He's going to help quite a bit. Yeah, that means more power. Damn, I don't like this guy. Uh, it's amazing what you're able to do, make, create, what you're able to get these cars to run, brother. Uh, it truly is, man. And you and your family and your shop have been doing it for a long time. What are some of the things that you guys do that just aren't, you know, typical for a machine shop? When you walk in your place, you know, I've been there. It, it stands out. I mean, it really stands out. And not just the machines, the equipment, but just how clean, cleanliness, you know, level, the the way you guys have the shop designed and each place has its, you know, little part in the in the uh, shop. It, it's a well-oiled machine, man. Well, I appreciate that because, you know, one of, that's one of the biggest problems is trying to keep a shop like that, you know, organized and clean because, you know, God bless, you know, we get, we got so much work and, you know, everybody asks me when they come in, man, how do you keep track of all this stuff? You know? And I says, 
we keep track of it, you know, but it's a, it's a full-time job, you know, everything's got its place and we got parts cart for each customer. But, uh, you know, it, it, I appreciate when someone says you got a nice clean shop because we work hard at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, uh, but maybe we can come back. So, you know, Chris has got his 10,500 RPM you know, version of Coyote and uh, lies, lies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we took uh, you know, basically right off the the shelf, you know, Ford parts, uh, a few little bits, you know, pistons, rings, and you know, some aftermarket rods, and and built up on our show last season, uh, a Coyote is a five two, so it's based off that GT three fifty five hundred, uh, and that thing spun up. We revved that dude up to eighty three hundred, eighty four hundred, uh, and made some killer power. So. Maybe we'll uh, dive into a little bit of the details of that and just yeah. rub it. In. Rub it in. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad at you too, man. Space over there. So I, I remember when that thing went like 8,500 RPM and it winked at me. I was like, get this engine off the dyno. All right, we got a quick break now. Back in just a minute to Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. All right, this is Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Chris Holbrook. Holbrook Racing. You can't miss him. Go find him on Facebook, Holbrook Racing the Engines, HolbrookRacing.com. It is the premier machine shop, engine shop, horsepower shop uh, for all kinds of you know platforms. He just really, man, he, he pisses Chevy and, and Mopar guys off with these Fords. I'm telling you, he just makes them so mad. I mean, we see 300 two 314 327 cubic inches you know squeezing out 15 16 1800 horsepower and not working real hard to get that number you know with the handcuffs you, yeah with the when, handcuffs with the rules you go drive it's absurd it, if if you would not see it for your own eyes you wouldn't believe it that last last dyno pull i fell off the stand i fell off the engine like the little <laughs> i got a little chair watching the engine rpms watching the number come up as soon as it said what like 1100 or something damn near 1100 i fell yeah, right I off the stool dude. <laughs> it's like they had to pick me up off the ground <laughs> uh, yeah oh that was a fun build it was a it was a mix and match so we got um you know we got a donor motor at gt350 you know it's a 5.2 so it's got the great cylinder head on it it's got the good valve train on it the thing will spend at 82 8200 uh and then you know we kind of pieced together you know what it would take to really take this naturally aspirated you know, where they make 535, I think, naturally yeah. aspirated. Take that thing up to almost 1100. So we got the new blower, Ugh. the 2650 blower on it, right? Got the right compression, got a good set of pistons, good set of rods in there, and a little bit of Chris's magic on, you know, just setting the right clearances and everything else. Put the sauce on top, and the next thing you know, a little E85, and that dude's pumping out, you know, miles over a thousand, dude. I, I think it's got more in it, uh, but. Pfft, Right around 11 is a pretty nice little street car, I think, you know? Yeah, it's pretty McNasty. <laughs> yeah, I think that gets your car moving pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, especially for a road race. Man, that's a lot to put underneath you for a road race car. So. Better have some good clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a cooling pack and some brakes uh, and an extra set of underwear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, look, Chris, you know, the ingredients, are they really available when you look at these coyotes? Are these really readily available? Can you go to a, I don't know, a, a, an aftermarket catalog or you guys or find enough of these 
in a junkyard to build this kind of power with little investment. You know, say the cost of the supercharger. Um, but these are getting now where they're readily available, and I feel like more and more people are transferring Coyote platforms uh, and some of these, you know, these GT engines into, you know, rat rods and hot rods and muscle cars and everything they can find. Right. That's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. 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 No doubt. But yeah. that's how we all got into this. This is everywhere. Yeah, right. you just start putting it together, right? <laughs> but no, the Coyote engines and the parts are, you know, I mean, they're out there. You know, you can kind of get parts anywhere, you know, and uh, it's just a very good uh, engine to, you know, to start with. And, they just they look so impressive because they're so wide and, and big you know but uh man they're, they're just a nice you know uh engine yeah man they're not, they're not insanely complicated i mean you think it's all crazy modern and stuff and, and yeah when you pull the, the the cam covers off the valve covers off i mean you got the the four cams up there but i mean you pull off any four-cylinder engine and it's all got the same dual overhead cam there's just two of them now right and it's got the cam drive that drives it all but you pop the heads off, and I mean, the bottom end just looks like any other engine you've ever worked on, right? So the yep. only thing you got is a couple extra cams and all the RFFs, the roller finger followers, and the little lash adjusters, so the little mini, you know, mini uh, yep. uh, <clears throat> HLAs, and pff, there you go. But it's all about, you know, the devil in the details. You got some phenomenal ports, some great flow in there. And, uh, you know, without the push rods, you can get really good ports. You're not blocked by where the push rod is. Uh, in and out you got the four valves now bird you know you had your hand in the you know architecture sort of design of, of, of this engine is this something you know when you remove the push rods uh you open up those ports is this something that you believe these engineer guys were smiling at and like oh man this knowing what was gonna you know what was kind of forecasted and what they thought it could do were they surprised when they put it on the dyno when they built it when they started you know running it uh, at, at Ford home base, were they really excited that news traveled fast in the catacombs of the Ford plant that we have a new badass engine? Well, it's kind of interesting because if you go back to the 4.6, I mean, it really wasn't that phenomenal. Like, it was, you know, it's a good motor. It's been great. You're right. It wasn't. Right? It, You're right. I'll second that. <laughs> you know, and it was that. always <laughs> a little bit light on displacement, right? Because they really scrunched the thing down to, to put it east-west in a continental. You know, the big old Continental was east-west. So they really squashed it. They squeezed the bore centers down, which means, you know, the center of each bore is real close together. So you can't really get a large diameter in there like you can with an LS or some other motor, right? So it's limited on displacement. They made the taller deck, the 5.4, which is just, you know, more stroke. So they made a, a longer stroke 5.4, but they're still kind of squeezed on displacement. And, and they just never used what that valve train could do for so long, you know? And then all of a sudden when it was, you know, kind of the, the muscle car, modern muscle car wars started coming out and feeling the pressure, right? The LS motor is out there kind of, you know, really kind of, uh, what else, you know? what else was out there? What else? What else was out there? There's something else. Yeah, out there making four people sweat. Uh, hear me. Uh, hear me. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, but, uh, they had to redesign that's, something. That's the great thing we've talked about before is that competition is what drives. And that architecture just was there. It was just sitting there ready to be tapped into. And when they made that big commitment, I think in what, 11? 
Because I think the the new Mustang came out in ten. And I think the Coyote came out in eleven. Yeah, yeah. They just went in there and were like, "Okay, boys, now it's time to turn the wick up." You know, uh, and they they, yeah. they just tweaked a few little things, moved some things around, and 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 put the valve train in there that let it carry the speed. And that's to me, I think that's where where it's at. Is you got to have a good combustion chamber, you got to have good ports. Uh, but if you're gonna really use an overhead cam. You're going to spin that baby up. You're going to get some RPMs and you're going to start making some serious power. And what's cool about the Coyotes, you can do twin independent uh, cam phasers, VCTs, variable control timing. Uh, and that's where you can start really playing with how much overlap you have, uh, advancing and retarding the, the two different cams. Uh, you know, because anybody picking out a cam, if you've done it before, you know that you kind of got to pick one, you know, one set of uh you know here's my lobe separation here's my timing uh you know yeah. if you want a an rv cam you're down here if you want you know a p cam you're up there but this now can change all like dynamically and so i think between that high rpm the great ports and the dual cam phasers my god it just opened up the angels came down, baby. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Chris, when you first saw one of these, did you know they had hit the nail on the head? When you first opened one up? Well, you know, well, you know me being such an old school guy, you know, I mean, it, it, the modular engine and then the Coyote, you know, it took me a while to, you know, you know, it was, it was kind of drilled in my head. My dad back, you know, God bless him. I, I miss him to death. But when he was alive, you know, he says, man, I'll never work on one of them modulars. <laughs> Look at me You'd now. He'd be so disappointed. <laughs> Shame on you. He's like, that's not no FE engine, you know? <laughs> Uh, he'd be impressed with the numbers they're making, though. My God! Well, when did so Ford kind of knocked on your back door a little bit and said, "Hey, Chris, can you can you take one of these things and play around with it?" Uh, you guys kind of get a little bit of early, you know, uh, toys to play with, and yeah, we did. You know, and you know, back you know when I got involved with uh, racing with Ford Performance, you know, I, I got a a Cobra Jet, and it was uh, the only one built. It was a 2010. The only one built with a three, it was a 302 based engine, but it was push rod. So it was a 352, you know, that's back when Brian Wolf was the director. He wanted to come out with a 352, which was a, you know, a small block, a 302 base. And then he wanted to come out with a 428, which was a 351 based. So basically, you know, Brian came to me and says, Hey, you know, uh, we'd like you to run one of these cars, you know, and, and, uh, you know, because then I was just concentrating on my business. I wasn't really racing much, you know, and, and man, did that open the door for me, you know, and, um, you know, so I raced the same car. It was a, a 302 based engine. And then we put a 5.4 in it because as the rules changed and, and they opened up the engine combinations um, that, you know, we would change. So we, then we put the 5.4 in it. And then, and then they opened up the coyote. So then we put the coyote in it. And each step, I could see, you know, after that messing with that five four, the coyote was so much better. And then, you know, now, you know, so that car, you know, I kind of changed uh, some stuff on and got it up to I think a 2014 or whatever. Well, then they started changing the body. So then I had to build another car. So then that's when we built, uh, you know, like an 18, 
And then that's when they started opening up like the Whipple with the three liter and just that new Whipple did a great job in that new three liter and uh, man, it just makes big power. All right, so true or false, they had to change the rules because the ET, the times, the power you guys were putting down, uh, you guys busted them busted them so bad when you guys came out, they went and complained, they being everybody he raced against. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, like, look at last year. Every time we went out, one of our customers won a race or set a record, they'd hit us with a bigger pulley on a supercharger, try to slow us down, and we would, you know, work – work our butts off and find some more power and go back out there and, and win another race. And, you know, it's just, uh, that's what it's all about. Just you know? find it, you know, cleaning up the shop. Oh, there's some over there <laughs> underneath the workbench, you know, put it in there. Got, got some more, got some more. Uh, well, you really did, man. Kind of t- everybody, I think their level of expectation rose when, when they knew you were coming because every, every time you went out, man, you're busting some new record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> it's like, God, he did it again. He's beating his own record. <laughs> like you're the hardest on yourself. They always say that, but you you're that way in the literal sense. <laughs> well, I had to break my own record today. I had to break my own record, you know, again. Uh, but you guys really have, man, been putting down numbers and power. And I mean, think about what think about the ETs that he's pulling in a car that weighs how much? Uh, just under thirty six hundred pounds car weighs under so you could take a muscle car basically and dress it to be 3600 pounds so his car weighs basically 3600 pounds and what et is it running and what cubic inches is in under the hood 327 cubic inch and uh we've been uh 760s at the over 180 and that's on a nine inch tire oh my god that's on a nine inch tire man nine god, inch tire. so so that's not special <laughs> <laughs> uh well, look man you really have been able to find a lot of power. Do you think, you know, as this year unfolds, we know it's kind of a weird year for sure, but do you think more records will get broke? Do you think we've seen the ceiling as far as what this engine combination is capable of making and how fast it's capable of going? Um, well, I think you'll see some more records towards the end of the year when the air gets a little bit cooler, but I think it's going to drop, you know. Uh, I mean, we're going to try to do everything we can – for it to be us to drop it, you know, and make it faster. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be faster. That's the name of the game, man. Always, always getting faster, getting faster, getting better. That's why I love this, man. It never ends. It just constantly, like, pushing the bar up. It's uh, it's fantastic. And I love, love, love the competition because that's what keeps driving us, uh, you know? Whatever. I wish the I The OEs, the aftermarket, the uh, racers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could text Chris. Just a, try to keep uh, up, Willie. Just try to keep I, up, I'm, man, I'm trying know? to text Chris a fart right now. I'm literally trying to text him a fart. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so Chris, seriously, man, it, it, if you didn't have any rules, if there were no ceilings and somebody came to you and said, I want the baddest – like I want the highest horsepower torque. I want the baddest road course street car I could create. Sky is the ceiling. What kind of power do you think you could create out of a, a similar setup to a bird and what you guys are, are racing? Um, I really think up in the two thousand horsepower range. Shut up! Oh God, somebody! <laughs> oh, this guy's killing me, Smalls. Wow! Out of go ahead, go ahead. Just pull out your Hemi. Yeah, uh, just, just pull it out. Come on, you got it. Uh, I just and shrink it down a little bit. Just, just how much? Just look how much quicker you go at just losing some of that weight on the nose. 
Right? <laughs> All right, Chris, look, I'll make you a deal. How about you and I swap medication? We eat cake with our feet. I'll take the coyote. You take the him and you see what we can do with it. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, man, you're making some big power, big numbers, and people can use it. I'm sure Kevin, when he puts that car on a road course, is going to be smiles per miles is going to be over the top, man. I hope he has an in-car camera for sure. I want to see those eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and he could do the same for anybody out there. So you build engines for a lot of racers, but anybody listening can can call you guys, reach out to you guys, and you can set them up with a similar setup, right? Oh, for sure. Yep. Call us anytime. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know we're, we're pretty busy, you know, but uh, we, we, can, uh, we can help you out quite a bit. Bring your bribes because these guys are loaded up, but – they're always ready for someone else wanting to go fast too, man. Yeah, man. So how do people find you on social media, see you? I know it's Holbrook Racing Engines on Facebook. Uh, what's your website? It's uh, HolbrookRacingEngines.com. Easy enough, man. Yeah. Easy enough. So, man, I can't thank you enough. Do people mostly call you for parts, engine builds, um, setups, meaning rotating assemblies or whatnot? What do people, they just call you go, hey, man, I want the baddest. What's it going to cost me? Well, you know what? I mean, we do so many varieties. I mean, right now we got Buicks in the shop. We got Pontiacs, you know, Ford, Chevy, Chrysler. I mean, we do so much. And it just – so, I mean, we get calls all the time for just a variety of everything, you know. I want you to know I'd take, I'd take a Nerf bullet for you, bro, any day. I love you, man. Love well, thanks, you. guys, man. <laughs> thanks for having me on. You guys are awesome. All right, Chris, you take care. It is Holbrook Racing Engines. Find them online, HolbrookRacingEngines.com on Facebook, Holbrook Racing Engines. We appreciate your time, your wisdom, your knowledge. Keep keep building everything fast, man. Daggone it, especially them forwards, bro. Somebody's <laughs> got to set the bar. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Keep on right. keeping on, Chris. <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> it, man. Hey, and don't forget about our show, Aaron Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. If you'd like to go see that engine, pull some crazy numbers on the dyno and see me actually literally hit the floor. <laughs> it wasn't a joke. I really did. Uh, thanks to our man, Chris Holbrook. He is Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. Our producer is Scoop. Our executive producer is Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Tons of great content on there, man. Everything about the show. And we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. All right, man. I got to ask you a question, bro. How right. st how stoked are you to get that engine in the car out on a road course? Oh man, I, I can't wait. I got I got a complicated setup going on. Uh, we'll have to drop some of the details here in one of our podcasts. But uh, yeah, it, it's a crazy mix of of how this thing's gonna come together, and that that jewel is gonna be right in the front, going. Vroom, vroom. You should you should probably let me have that jewel, break it in for you, get it all uh, you know broke in and ready. Uh, and that way, by the time you get your car done and built, you know, uh, you know, all the leaks are handled in case there's any. You know, I, I would, man, but you, you'd probably just chip a tooth, you know. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, I see how it is. All right, fine, I'm out of here, man. Enough of this Ford stuff. I'm out. You guys take care. We'll see you in the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Uh, we'll see you guys. <laughs> Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.